on all you're listening to feelers in devotion the wrexham afc podcast sponsored by the fat boar another six points in the can since we last spoke with you we now haven't lost since october the 26th down in maidenhead and we haven't lost with all 11 men on the pitch since september the 25th away at stockport feels good doesn't it tim yeah it's pretty good isn't it things are looking up at last um yeah, you can't argue with the points return and you can't argue with the performance on Saturday. I mean, Halifax was was a little bit scrappy by all accounts, but, you know, eke out the win and then finally got the performance to match the, the result on Saturday. So it all seems to be coming together quite nicely, going into a very busy period. So, yeah, six points off top with a game in hand and a few teams. Take that all day long. Yes, indeed. Liam, have you thawed out yet since yesterday? That was the second coldest that I've ever been at a football match. Number one being the trophy final against Grimsby at Wembley. Um, I don't know what, it was even worse underneath the Mould Road sun than it was outside it for some reason. It was just like some massive wind tunnel. So I had to go into the bogs occasionally for just to get a bit of warmth. Uh, but no, the feel-good factor is definitely back. And I won't go to predictions too soon, but it's one in the eye for one Liam Randall, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tim, on the pitch, uh, things pretty pretty comfortable yesterday, weren't they? Yeah, you know, we, we rattled the woodwork several times, had two goals chalked off for offside. I suppose that's the only smart, small bugbear is that we were caught offside too many times. But yeah, I mean, you can't fault the effort. You can't fault the way we played. Um, there's a bit of disruption beforehand. The machine the machine Hayden's pulled out late on, I guess. Um so there's been a little bit of disruption to the, to the team selection, but you know, those that have come in have, have justified their place. And we just looked decent for the first first proper sort of 90-minute performance there or thereabouts, give or take a few minutes. But on the whole, decent. People can point to the early sending off, which was correct. But there's still 10, 10 men to, to get past. And, you know, there's there's been times in the past where we've struggled more against 10 than 11. So to go about it in a professional manner and, and, and really stretch them and get the job done is um, is pleasing to see. Uh, young Andy Gilpin, are you uh, happy at the moment? Yeah, of course I'm happy. It's freezing now. No, actually, I'm not happy because I've just been to see uh, the Eternals and it is absolutely god-awful. If you want a Pete Jones-style uh, rev- film review from me, shite. Have you said um, you've been to see Eternal? Is that with Louise Redner? Are they reformed. <laughs> I would love to see Eternal. And with the uh, I call her Louise Nerding. I refuse to call her Redner. Right. I'm happy. I'm happy because, yes, as Reese has said, we're putting a run together. But I'm looking at the fixtures coming up. They are winnable games in December. They really are. We're away at Dover. We've got Wheelstone at home. We've got Solly Hull at home. We could be in a really good position by the time that we can, by January the first turns, and we got chance to really address the problems we've got in our midfield, and I think that's the real reason to be happy. Can I can I just excite you a little bit here? As you know, I'm from the Dean Keats school of not getting overexcited when you win, or not too disappointed when you lose. However, what about this stat? As it's only us and Yeovil playing on Tuesday night, 
win that and we go third. Chesterfield and Boreham Wood are first and second. They're both in the FA Cup next weekend. If we win at Dover, if we make up eight goals in these two games, we will be top of the league. Guaranteed. You just cursed that. Why have you said that? You know that we never win a game. Again. I know. Look, it's not going to happen. But I mean, it's just a thought. Uh, how, but, you know, even if, if we win them both, we'll be second guaranteed after that. So, as you say, there's a, there's a very winnable run of games coming up, aren't there? Uh, just one thing, though. Stockport are ominously yeah. looking good. Yeah. The two the two money teams are coming good uh, at the right time. Right. Hang on. Um, I've got something to play you. We've had uh, <laughs> an excellent email in. This is one of my favourites, actually. Hello, lads. Love the podcast. Thank you for keeping me entertained on the Bakerloo line every week. Gosh, down in uh, that there, London. I'm house hunting at the moment in deepest South London. I went to see a house on the weekend and was met at the front door by the estate agent, a balding, burly scouser with a sales patter to match. He handed me the sales particulars with his business card stapled to the top. Looking at it, I said, you share your name with the footballer, Eddie Udes. He replied, I am the footballer, Eddie Udes. We then reminisced of his time at the race course in 1990 on loan from Everton, how Kevin Reeves was the nicest guy he'd ever worked with uh, and Flinney's unique way to keep him at the club for longer on loan, throwing £100 here and there to stop him going back to Everton sooner. A really good guy who went on to have a solid career in the Prem with the likes of Charlton, Bradford and Ipswich. Oh, and I didn't make an offer on the house. Keep up the good work and if you can get the Brexit-loving Bentley salesman Andy Marriott on the podcast, I'd doff my cap to you. All the best, Jamie O'Hara. Jamie O'Hara. Jamie O'Hara has been speaking to Eddie Yowds. What? what <laughs> Not the Jamie O'Hara. Misery. I think it's a different Jamie O'Hara. That's right. a lovely little story, though. I'll enjoy that. Yeah. Eddie is it Yowds, not Yudes? A better football. Oh God, I'm getting tips on pronunciation by Andy Gilpin. I've hit a new low here. <laughs> and a sober Gilpin at that. It's definitely <laughs> a new low. <laughs> So yeah, sorry to anyone who's emailed us before. I think that's the best email we've had. Um, anyway, before we move on, Tim, uh, why don't you tell us about some of the exciting content we've got planned for the next few months, thanks to a special anniversary? You're going to have to do a, an exciting content klaxon in there as well, I think. Um, so yeah, issue, issue three of the fanzine is not before time. It's coming out soon. It's going to be a bumper edition but we're going to keep the price the same. It's going to have a lot of stuff around the 30th anniversary of the day Wrexham beat Arsenal in the FA Cup all those many years ago, all those 30 years ago, obviously. So get to speak to a lot of the players, a lot of the management team about their thoughts and recollections of the day. A lot of really interesting and funny anecdotes that maybe not many people have heard before. So we've got all that to, to look forward to. A lot of associated podcasts to come with it. Um, including most of the sort of protagonists from that game, not just from from Wrexham side of things, but we've got a bit of an, uh, an insight from the Arsenal camp as well, from from one of their their players in, in the side that day. I'm not going to reel reel that too early. And also in the podcast, we well also in the fanzine and the podcast is an exclusive with Paul Mullin, who's a club were good enough to allow us to sit down with him a couple of days ago. Really good chat. We've got Mullin. We've got Mullen indeed. Mullen. So, yeah, it was really good. He enjoyed it. Um, obviously, it's a slightly different line of question than maybe what he's been used to before. So it was really good. And hopefully people will get to hear and read about it very soon and enjoy it. 
Was he not ready for your Paxman uh, impression, Tim? No, no, no the Paxman is, 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 is so, so it's long dead. I, I can't do the Paxman anymore. Okay. Anything to add to that, Andy? Um, yeah, as Tim said, it's a bumper edition. It's 56 pages, but we've kept the price the same. Uh, we've split it into the favourites that have been in the first couple of issues, but there's a bumper, a bumper um, Arsenal, uh, Arsenal Wrexham content, including some stories I definitely haven't heard before. And I was chuckling all the way through it. It's some really good stuff. Liam, what have you got for us in the fanzine? Well, if you want to read something good, you want to read that politics of football page, best thing in the whole damn fanzine. And uh, yeah, it's on a certain Mr. Sean Harvey this time round. Man of mystery to start off with, but perhaps we're starting to hear a bit more from him. So got a bit of insight into his role at the club. Yeah, gentleman and the scholar that he is. Um, anyway, we've got something a little bit different now for you in the podcast. Andy, why don't you tell us what we're about to hear? Um, right. So one of one of the icons of the net, our last couple of years is a player called Glenn Little. Now he is quite hard to track down. Apparently he doesn't have Zoom, but we have tried to, to, to get him on the podcast a few times. In lieu of that, after the Torquay game, I went to the Mice Gwyn, which is the second best eatery in Wrexham after the Fat Ball, which is obviously all owned by the same company. Is it? But, I had no idea. Well, oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Quality, yeah. quality all the way through. What a coincidence. Right. Uh, Mm. And it was after the Torquay game. Um, he was being interviewed by Andrew Pollard. It was a great little, great little chat. And luckily, I managed to record parts of it. And they have very thankfully agreed for us to uh, replay it on the podcast. There's a bit of a warning on this. I'm sorry. There's a bit of fruity language from Mr. Little. He is one of the characters of the game, and the audio, the audio isn't as crisp as it normally is on the podcast, just because we were recording from from quite a distance. But it's still very, very much well worth a listen. Ten years, I can't believe it. The first ten years rather than I'm saying the the band boots and when people said, When did you leave? And I don't want to remind you, it's after the new game. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll blame Brett Homer on for that. <laughs> 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 we just had a laugh, we figured out who we could play and Brett got it for Mrs. Hatchard. We just found out Trigger, Deck Walker, he said he sat in the same seat, he sat in when we played Luton. One year, looping the next year, and then doing what as well. So, yeah, we put him to blame as well. So, no, it's just, if, if you'd have said 10 minutes later, reps are off out of confidence, I'd never believe you. But you'd like to think the history shows, doesn't it? If you've got money and the confidence, you look at all the teams that have won promotion. So, I would expect him to be sort of sooner rather than later, but it's watching today, I don't know. <laughs> 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 you have to say, yeah. Because uh, I came up for a couple of weeks. People might not know I actually came up 
for a couple of weeks at the end of um, the, the season, the debacle it was, the, the Luton debacle in the playoffs. And I spent a couple of weeks, uh, I first met Big Quites in the hotel, and the fucking bill was actually there. <laughs> it, it was through the roof. And I, I went out, I couldn't sign actually, I played a few reserve games, trained, and then with the, I think it was the tax bill, and the Jeff Moss didn't pay the tax bill. But, but hey, trust me, the fucking hotel bill was bigger than his tax bill. <laughs> Yeah, so after I left, I couldn't sign him. He said, Look, you can't sign, you've dropped in Barlow. So I, I thought, Oh, okay, that was that. It's nice to meet you, quite. So I left him in the hotel, he's out. And he found me a couple of weeks later, he said, Ken, the bill's massive, Jeff's not happy. I said, Well, yeah, I'm not exactly handing him a dress up, but I said, I'm not going back there. But then it turned out in the summer, Dino, he, he, at, at the time, Dino had all these big plans. The those money was spending, as we know, in the end, it was the fans who kept the club going. But, he you knows he's going to do this, he's going to do that. He said, We've signed Jake Spade, uh, attacking player, score goals. He said, I've signed this big fucking group from Cambridge. <laughs> he's got to score goals. And so he put it all together. And, and so I, I did think we've got a real chance of going up. And so I said, OK, Dino, let's give it a go. And uh, we got to a great start, didn't we, with the about six, seven wins on the spin. So straight away we were up there. Then I was actually. In bed, I got the phone call from my mate John Oscar at Doncaster, and he said, Dino's turned up here. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. So, what? So, so then Mosna takes over, but we carried it on. Fair play to Mosna, we, we carried it on. And I think the belief we had, we all thought we'd go up, there's no doubt about it. We had it coming, the, the trust took over, it was, we could see the momentum building, and we were all having a great time. And I look back and I came to, to win promotion, and I wanted to be great and probably finish my career winning promotion. And it does seem strange to sit and say we failed because in two years we never set up what we achieved. But then when you look at the times we had with the, the FA Cup run and beating Brentford, the, the Brighton games took, took them to the replay and extra time penalties. And then obviously a big one that, that season after. It, it, it's strange that the first season of it, we did have a really good team. 98 point shows that, doesn't it? It was just that second season, we probably did, we lost a few players, we weren't as good, but we ended up even going one better, getting to the final in that, that Liverpool game. Fucking wet. All that's gone back around to Brett again. We love him to beats, but yeah, just, uh, I can remember on the bench seeing it and not really thinking much of it, and me and Quites, we might have said this just a minute ago. I think probably only a couple of years ago on Twitter they come up with some goals or it happened on this day. And I've never seen it. And it was the first time and I actually couldn't believe just what a great chance it was. And, and Brett, he was our main player, wasn't he? He played at a high level like himself and he came in and maybe it didn't quite happen for Brett like we hope like that. That just shows the how close you are, doesn't it? History of the club, if we'd have gone up, then it, it would have been great for everyone. Uh, we sat in 10 years later still talking about it. Yeah, it's on to me. Because Christ is here, Christ did our first one of these. I think talked about when you first met Dean Saunders, he stayed at his house, had lots of biscuits, and there was a, I think Ashley said about there was Neil Ashley about how he was, he, he changed the TV using his, his golf book by however many times he stamped it, and was how many times his wife had to change the channel. Like what was your first, uh, your first meeting with Dean like? Well, he, he got me up first of all, and you, you might not realise it about things, right? but everyone who knows me, the boys will tell me I'm quite shy. 
So I sort of had a bit of a discussion, yeah, there was a, in these rooms, I think Dino's was going to be like Ivanya, Ivanya, and obviously anyone who knows Dino, we're, we're both the same, we're on the phone, and we're, it probably, it was probably only about two and a half hours we were on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I managed to get some sort of words in, but no, with, with Dino, it was just, it was quite up to straight away, and I thought, yeah, right, let, let's give it a nice come up, and, so I came up, and the first time I actually met him, I was, obviously you know the name Dean Saunders. But I've never come across him, but his manager and the coach, uh, I've never played against any of his teams. And so I walked in, we, we go into, I don't know if you know, the training ground down at Gresford, but the building, we go in, you've got the gym and the treatment downstairs, the training room, you go upstairs and you've got the canteen, he's in the back office. So I walked in, just sat at the desk, he's laughing, and I walked in, and he said, how are you? I'm like, are you really fucking good? And then the kids will be turning up, sort of 10, 11 year olds, and he said, Hey, just go to take the train with them. He said, I can't do that. And yeah, it just it, tea and biscuits till, till six. He just loved football, loved talking about. I know some Wrexham players probably don't like Dino, but I think everyone who played for him and signed. Sign for him, yeah, we, we loved it. It's sad to see him go, but like I said, it was one of us, but yeah, in the end, it, it was to over and we carried on. And in some ways, you, you, you could say we didn't do even better, we took it to another level with Moz and, and that team. It was the perfect team for the conference. We had a bit of everything, we had um, like the strength at the back, we cried, we had Nat, mobile, Curtis was up and down that right wing, got Ashley left back, the midfield was good, could score goals. We had Fowler, probably, you know, the, the most talented player he's played in the conference. Like, what, what, what is he doing at that level? We know the stories with with Fowler, with the delusions and and, things <laughs> and, and the demons and, and things. But yeah, we loved him to bits. But the only problem with Fowler used to say, was, "Don't leave him alone for five minutes to himself because he's dangerous." How <laughs> <laughs> we left, we're, we're all in the house. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> Well, Dino sold it to me as his five bedroom, lovely brand new estate. I come up and thought, wait a minute, this doesn't fucking look like he's in space to me. Yeah, I've been catfished here in the house. <laughs> <laughs> From the outside, you think, if you've three people in there, it's done well. And yeah, I walked in, it's like the TARDIS, you walked in, it just pulled me into rooms and it went upstairs. Now, we always said, when we left, we said, look, it's, the house got famous. What happens in the old stages? <laughs> yeah. So I can't really tell the story, honestly, because no, honestly, they'd be arrested to be a man. So no, no, the, the only one I will say, mate, like, my, my, my final memory from, from the house was the Newport game, everyone, we were gutsy, like, on that point, long, long journey back, and we all said, we sort of knew it was coming to end, this is the last time we're going to go out together. So we've got to be in sort of the same place, so we'll go out and we went out in Wrexham and it, it was a bit carnage. Uh, the, the boys will remember about it, yeah, it was a bit messy that night. We got back and just, there was a bit of a commotion, I could hear things knocking about and it ended up, the banisters somehow got fucked off down the stairs. <laughs> now, I don't know why, yeah, he took it out on the banisters, but <laughs> 
Now, I'm not going to say I can't say it was, but yeah, he's actually here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, that's my, that's my memory. The final bit now, which just ripped up the banister downstairs. And I actually heard today, it's still in there. It's still using the house they did. They've got seven in there, I know. So, yeah. They've done well to get that, but we had the five. But no, it was a great time. And when you had well, you had well, which is what I said, you wouldn't want to go up here. Yeah, 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 just made good friends and it was great to see some of the kids and I because we had a bit of a reunion. The shadow there was a couple of bits now. But yeah, um yeah. No, nah, kitchen weren't like who's it? Harry Scarano? Yeah, it's Jay Vials and Crazy Joe Clark. Oh, so yeah. But no, we we going through the rooms or all in the rooms, like I said. It, it was unbelievable. You can't be saying after we all all these bedrooms, so yeah, it was just it was just one of them times where we we all got all in it together, and, and it was just such a shame we didn't manage to do it. Well, I know you said you can't say too many stories, but one question: Blame Mark Crichton for this because he teased the story when he did one of these. Did James Spade try to set you on fire? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the first time I, I met him, I walked in his house, so I thought, okay, you know, it was like being, being in the university, but in, in the dormitory, while right? he was picking the room, and I picked this room, and I said, no, that's fine, I'm going to go in here, and he went, no, I'm in there. So I went, oh, okay, well, okay. And then, and then we sort of left there, that, okay, well, let's do that one, and then, and so I was mucking about uh, later, like during uh, the day, oh, yeah, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to go in there. And he said, no, if you go in there, I'll set you on fire. So, <laughs> so I was laughing. But then I realised, if you don't spake, you could have been serious. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my first impression of spaking. But what, what he did, he did a great trick that a lot of players do. He, he was living in Sheffield, so Dino said, look, you can't be driving in there today, so I think you've got the relocation money. This was a cheaper book because I think we get about eight grand relocation. So we got the relocation. So, but they said, you've got to stay in the thing. I'm saying, look, we'll give you the money, but you've got to stay in the house. And he never lasted a couple of days and we never saw him again. He was driving in over from Sheffield. And, but he did, look, he did great for us and scored the goals. And we really missed him in the second season. We, we couldn't replace him. We, we lost him on Hogwarts. And that firepower, we had like three of them with Dan up front. And, that's why we scored so many goals, and they, yeah, they got there. We ended up fucking wreck coming in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, let's say in the forward line, we started to get a bit older, didn't we? But what, what, what was that? We realised we were too old, so in the January transfer window, we signed Danny Alabama. <laughs> To bring the average age of the forward line down to about 42. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, the, the oldest front line ever to play at Burnley wouldn't have 143 years older. So, so, yeah, so again, it's maybe yeah, a bit of a character, but with, with fans, I suppose you could say if you can handle Fowler, you can handle Spaky because they're yeah, both referred to each other. You mentioned about like Lee Fowler about how good he was. To play with his quality, which anyone who ever saw him play clearly could see that quality. As you, someone who's played in the Premier League with Brendan and Forsman, how high could Lee Butler have gone if he was at it? He was Premier League talent. I played with players who didn't have the ability to foul around. But 
the, the thing is in, in football, it's not just about the talent and ability. There's so many things you need the design, you need the professionalism, you need mental toughness. There's lots of things that go into it, and unfortunately, he ticked the ability box, but he didn't tick a lot of the other boxes, and that's why he ended up Brexit. Look, there's the story, isn't it? That why I got Brexit in the first place. He should have been, but he had the problems and the train card, the, the delusion, like I said. The, and it, it was a shame because he was in the Auschwitz, and like, we loved him to bits. But don't ask him to do washing up. Because I, I said we were with him for about five or six months, and I don't think he ever ate because he never had any washing up, no plates to do. So yeah, it was never his fault. And the last time we spoke to him, he'd come up and you, you'd say, Dad, Dad, I need to talk to you, I need your advice. But you know, you're going to give him the advice, and he's not going to listen, but he's just one of them with Dad, Dad. There was one, he, he, me and Dan were coming Sainsbury's and, and he thought we were talking about him for not doing the washing up. So I said, are we going to Sainsbury's to get some shopping, Dan? And he came running out of his room and he's up top. I said, Dad, I'm not you out, lads. <laughs> well, it was. And he said, yeah, you're talking about me, don't talk to me on my back. I said, Dan said, no, Dan, I said, we're going to Sainsbury's. And they went, Dad, Dad, I'll knock you out. And then, all right, well, we're going out, folks. I'm going out, I'm going shopping. We come back, he's putting you around and everything. You've never seen me work so hard, doing the jobs. But the last time that we really spoke to him, we were going for Chinese, and he comes out and remember again, that, that. He said, Fleet went on the phone. I said, well, so you've got to be well. He's playing for Redson, he's doing well. I said, in football, when things go well, it comes to you, you get the success, but Redson, if you like it, don't do anything stupid. All right, lad. Two hours later, we come back, we, we come out to him, top the stairs in, lad, I'm left. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's something not to do anything stupid. And then I'll come in the next morning, and Boz is just shaking. He said, You got me last night, he's gone. Man. Oh, well. I said, What did you do? I said, I left him in the house for two hours while we were for Chinese. We've never gone for Chinese. He's still staying at Rexham. So, yeah, that's a blame. But even though the talent was there, we sort of carried on without them. We were still doing well. And, and someone like um, Joe Clark wasn't as talented. But the midfielders would do well with Keith C and, and Jay Harris. Like, good players were really good for that level. Another one that it, it hurts me sometimes when I play with players. And Jay's one where should have done so much better than. And the, the thing with, with your career is gone. And I was a young player, I've always, I've, I've told young players now, I've, I've played at Burnley on such an old team, and I used to hear my old team talking about their careers, and I said, they were I said, got years left. And then, honestly, I was lucky to 36, 37, keep playing. And, and so, when, when it's done, if you make mistakes in your career, like fouls, like Jayas, that's, that's it, we can't just say, oh, yeah, maybe we'll start going to do it again, but it's not been so. Uh, I took a look at him, it's a shame that these new players, and James one I really liked as well, the first time I saw him. And, and so we found him, we went on a great run, and we got in the cup. So could, could he have gone up and found Jesse would have helped, but we went to Fleetwood and did well, and they put money in pictures, but for me it was a Curtis O'Reilly one. Yes, we lost Curtis, and to play that right hand side like he did, and 
and now you have Australia, you stand and, and contact and sort of that front and straight on the left because it was a one man band up and down and we, we just couldn't, couldn't replace that patient try with a Stephen might come in and, and bang out the problem swans out. I just wish that the swans that went and budget here said, take the sign that, but take it back, take the series and it will just come in with us breezing off and up the work as well. And if we hadn't gone up, there's no doubt in my mind we would be up there getting leads and the way the club was going, the back the crowd, got the money and, and that team was really good then and that's why you get nine eight points. I don't know I would probably say no one got nine eight six and not gone up. It's just unheard of, isn't it? But three good fair plays in the Barney, you see what Barney's gone on to do in his career and we were lucky that one season he's in the conference. Was it same Richard Brophy just まあ、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、
So um, he was the guy in the, the toilet before the game had been there. And we played college on the last day and we had to win to, to get in the playoffs and we needed knowledge. Knowledge was playing Stockport, so we had to match their result. So Norwich had turned it up right. We won it up, we need that last goal. We came with something the last 20 minutes. And I had a dribble with the ball. I came inside and he took it off. He said, yeah, take it. And he took it off. Oh, it was stunk. Just looked like it's coming out of it, the drink. And I'm thinking, he's playing here. He's, he's, he's pissed here playing. But then he took his free kick in the last minute. He bent it top corner. He's going to right behind it. And had his head. He clawed it round. And he did. And we... We lost out by a goal again, so we nearly sort of saved us the hero. And and since then, I, I don't I don't think he played after Burnley. I think I think that that was him. But I saw him years later when I was at Reading. They did an England Germany Legends game at the Basie Stadium. So I thought I took my point because I remember my boy had a picture of him in a dugout, and they're really nice picture. So we've grown up a bit, so I took the little boy down. I said, "Guys, how long you used to call him the monkey?" And I was like, "How long you little monkey?" And, and so the Reading media come over, but give him a hug, and I guess I mean, they said, yeah, guess how it's, it's great, you, know, you and Glenn, you played together, and um, he, he said, yeah, he said, um, yeah, well, look, Blakey, yeah, my nickname, by the way, you're Blakey, you're right now, he said, oh, Blakey, that's great, man, that's great seeing that win promotion in Premier League, and yeah, well, we were at Barnsley together. <laughs> <laughs> my little boy looks up at me, I mean, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. Let him off, yeah, don't say anything, let me know, but yeah, I think he's already like, okay, guys, so he was probably absolutely pissed there. But no, like, it, it was a shame. Good, great player to play with, but not, not the player we knew growing up with. I'll get you, my lad. With Brendan, you mentioned the Silver Black story before, I don't know if you can tell that again before the game. To Gary Brennan. Yeah, I was there, yeah, but when. But basically, he was a strange sort of person, and he, there was quite a few stars to get them coming in at, at the base. But uh, I remember at the Emirates, we were playing Arsenal, and the, if you don't know the Emirates, the dressing rooms is like this. This place here, which has got all these rooms, you've got the, the dressing room, you've got the showers, you've got the coaching room, the treatment room, the, the ice baths. It's just, you, you get lost in, at the Emirates. So I was out the back of the toilet. There's something going on, and I'm thinking, just Silla Black's voice. So I look around the corner, yeah, Silla Black's walking down, shaking hands with the voice. He come out of the back, and I've jumped out. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. And the chairman, he just, oh, he, he said, oh, he's like, yeah, that's clear, you can't understand, but yeah, give him a bit of a shot. Never saw him again, and I think he come after that. <laughs> Um, there's obviously loads of rest and stuff to get into, but we're going to break it down a little bit. But one thing I'd like to talk to you about is the entire Pompey, because I've got a fan who's supportive, a major supportive fan, and he goes on about Tram Park and the fans and the environment, and like Tierra and Risa, it's the greatest fans I've ever seen, Ronaldinho did. He got to play against AC Milan and not met Kaka, and just. Yeah. What was that like to go to the against AC Milan? Yeah. Well, he took me off, Tony Adams. Never should have done that, but yeah, just uh, I can remember when the draw came out and we've got AC Milan. Again, you, you can't believe it. Even though growing up, you you might play in the Premier League. You always hope to play in the Premier League. And when I got there, then you play against United, Liverpool, your big teams in the FA Cup. Even if you League One, some Championship, you might you might get a good draw in the FA Cup. But in all my career, I never expected to play against AC Milan. 
And so when we, we got in the draw, but at the time I feel injured as well, so I wasn't really playing, so I was so surprised. We, we came down and walked up the training pitch the day before, and Tony had contained me in the pit, and we played. I was, I was shocked at first, I was even playing. But yeah, the Sega fans, 20,000, but the atmosphere is just unbelievable. And to play against the, the AC Milan team, and right at the end of the like, year, really. So yeah, just what, what happened with Kaka, it's just, yeah, twisting and turning inside. I didn't even realise it was him at uh, is, do you remember Flamini from Arsenal? He was there, so I'm thinking, he keeps trying to foul me, and he was chucking away, he was grabbing my shirt on the back, playing the top, finally went down the back to give him a bit of stick, and Kat comes there, big smile, shook my hand. So, yeah, he probably doesn't remember it, but for me, I was brilliant. The last thing about it, yeah, it probably was a bit of a shame, but no, it's just a, a great night, like, probably one of the best games of my career. Yeah. Oh, he's probably somewhere in Brazil doing one of these events talking yeah, about yeah. that, like, that time of the thing, yeah. But uh, this is the truth as well. When I was stood in the, the tunnel at Portsmouth, the summertime, which is the old style ground to tie the corridor, and my friend who had come to the game, he was in the corridor, so I'm out there talking to him, mate. And uh, this is a big thing for everybody, it's great for me. I got sort of tap on the back, and he walked up, so I looked, I thought it was one of our boys to say, see you later. And it was all Dino. We were looking at friends and he gave me that wind and give me the wave. And I went, oh, oh Dino. See that Sheva? And we were like, I'm going to get Shevchenko for Chelsea. But there's the number seven as well. And the, 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 one, the one thing I do regret, people say about regrets in your career. And when I got, went up with regrets, I thought, the one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to collect number seven shirts. I was never really into to the, the shirts and, and medals to me. It was all about the memories and, and the good times, so it never bothered me. But I thought, no, I'm in the Premier League, I'm going to collect the number seven shirts. And like, we played by Stan, and Christian Dane was number seven, and I thought, oh, I bother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we missed out on Ronaldo with the Zelda's one. But in, in, all, in all my career, I only ever got one shirt, and it's framed. And I, I said to the boys, when he first took over Manchester United and they were beating PSG, I was thinking, here we go, it's worth about 10 grand. There, it's worth about 10p at the minute. Yeah, so, hopefully tonight, yeah, they've just been in the top, they get a few wins, and only got a soldier on his shirt. If anyone wants it, any United fans, they only got a soldier on his shirt there. Yeah, I can't get that way at the minute. Not much more frame, ready for up. What were you hoping to get? Even my boys said to me, he said, take off your fucking bedroom wall. Walk around. I'll take a little pull back in the early top of there. Uh, one last question before we go to a break. Uh, Mark McGregor only did one of these and mentioned about how when he was at Burnley with him, I think he was sorry today, that Sven Goran Eriksson came to watch you. This is in the Championship. Any, yeah. What was the crack for that? Well, well, uh, it was pre season. Uh, I've seen Greg, I haven't seen Greg for years, and yeah, great to see him up there. And then um, we played Chelsea in the pre season friendly, and Frank Lampard had just signed for Chelsea, 10 million, big deal, and, and they're obviously Sven looking at him to be the centre midfielder. And, and then after the game, they said, What do you think of the game? And Frank Lampard, he went, Well, all off, thought was, who was that Burnley number seven? So he, it sort of carried on from there. I had one of them games where you just were on fire, and, and then for that season, we were in the championship. We were going well. I was playing the best football of my career, scoring goals, and, and so they kept saying, 
It was in the papers, this and outside. Sven Goran Eriksson has seen his boy by Burnley and they're top of the championship. So, yeah, how true it was, the rumours, they were saying this could be a dark horse. It would have been the 2002. That, that was, a, yeah, the Korean made in Japan. So they were saying this boy in the championship at Burnley is a dark horse, but never, yeah, never. You, you, you always hear rumours, how true it was, I, I don't know, but. Yeah, so yeah, I think that was Beckham boy. I don't know why I'm saying, yeah. He wasn't as good as me, but he's better than me. So, yeah, so that was always trouble. If I'd have got to the Premier League earlier, maybe you might have had a chance, but again, you're still with Beckham, the career we had, and that team that, even though it didn't do anything really, when you got Beckham, Lampard, Chirp, I would be probably good. Yeah, probably with a better chance. But what was it, do you think that he didn't, at least at the beginning, he didn't play himself enough when he was managing, but obviously he won't take himself out of it because he had to be manager rather than the yeah. proper start himself? The, the, I think he was felt that the fact that he had three good set forwards with Benjamin, but when you got Spidey and Danny and and Pogba was in at the play, and he's still, similar to myself, we knew with Moz, we played well, played for goal, good finish over, he had a good career in Moz, so he probably did do the right thing, and he could say that. I think if you are a manager, and especially as a player manager, you sort of don't really want to keep playing yourself, the reason you keep playing yourself is if you're struggling, I can imagine, so it's nice to say, look, I'm there, I can come off the bench, if we get an injury, I can still play, and in fairness to Mozart, I think he might have been older than me. But, but he was still fit, he could still play, he still, still do a good job, but he did really need to. It was only the second season, didn't we, where we lost the firepower and, and with Brett coming in, never had the same sort of options, probably played more. And, and, and the, the, the killer for us was definitely played by Dan. Even in that, that last game of the season, it might have been Braintree, where that. Was it the, the shoulder? Because he got the big shoulders, didn't that? But I remember it was the elbow, but he's got the big fucking elbow. Massive elbows, yeah, got the elbows and shoulders. So, yeah, I know. Did he need to play? I can't remember because you couldn't say. I'm, I'm talking, you remember? Was it the very last game? Last home game. It was the last home game, and then, yeah, we knew when Dan falls out, that was a big blow to us. Dan might have made a difference in the final. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've got the Hunter lads over there as well, but. Very included. Who were the, the guys you most enjoyed playing with during your time at the race course? Uh, I thought we had a really good team, that, as I've said, and lot, lots of good players. I, I'd say the one standout, it really was Jay. I think Jay was one I really liked. I went going back to when I first came up for a couple of weeks, I played in a, a game that quite to remember this one. It was the worst win I've ever known in football. It was, it was, at, it was at the training ground down at Collins. Kreitz kicked a ball on the edge of the box and it must have gone 30 yards over the bar and nearly went out to the training ground. It was unbelievable this win, but just playing in there with Jay straight away. Again, the level, I think, this is the confidence. Of this boy, I played him all day and I came back the next week and he did. And that time, he, he was playing so well. But he had one problem, didn't he, which was the, the red cards. That, that was the discipline and he missing for games. And, and I don't know whether this was true about Jay. Did he have that name on birthday by the sister? Did Jay have the one over Christmas, maybe? Did, that, did anyone ever talk about that? Did he have the boxing day? It's all 
Always suspended, maybe, in a box today. Didn't have to play for Christmas, but no, Jake, Jake definitely stand out and the big room, Spade and Pogba again, good forward line to get the goals. And a, a really fun fact was pointed out to me by Pete Jones, so thanks Pete. He was, oh, there, we're from. The, for the first Brexit fans, remember Gareth Owen, the house is over there, went in goal one game against Burnley. And the reason for that is because yeah. a certain Burnley player injured Mark Cartwright. It, it was, yeah, I've never made a tackle pretty much in my career. I slid in trying to score. And I did remember catching him on the day, obviously, he didn't feel bad, and he went off. And I do, yeah, Gaza, I've actually got a bit of a link. I've had something else with Brexit as well, I know, in my career. And I can remember, we threw everything at Gaz. How how we never scored? And he, he was tipping, I remember I went in a free kick. I thought, that's it, and he tipped that over, he was catching balls. And Brexit actually beat us 2-0. Gaz, when he got, they, they beat us 2-0. I think it was there the Manchester United point Gaz Wilson. Yeah, never, never ended up doing anything, did he? But we lost that game. And, and then, so that was one experience I've, I've got at uh, Brexit. Uh, he did have a good career card, right? He was all right when he was, I didn't ruin his career, but. Yeah, another time, going back to Mark McGregor, is that when I was at Burnley, we needed to be Scunthorpe on the final day to go up. The problem was Gillingham and Wrexham at the race course. And I think Gillingham for Wrexham weren't doing anything. I think Gillingham will beat this. So we went away to Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe had relegated. So we thought we'd win, but we didn't think it would matter. And five minutes in, Burnley fans cheering away. Right, okay. We're, to the scoring, and all we had, we were going up bigger. The problem was, we went one down about 10 minutes later, and then Vicky Mellon, who you know, managed, managing the Penguin, he scored right before half time. And then again, so we, were, we need this goal, and I, I, I was lucky enough, I scored the winning goal, won the promotion. But that links us on to Mark McGregor because he scored, I think he's probably the only goal he ever scored in his career, but he scored a fun, 30 yard like, thunderbolt, and we ended up, we walk in, uh, and to this day, I wouldn't say he, he possibly wasn't good enough for the championship because he, he was a great lad, Craig, and he, he good on the ball, maybe not the pace. But when the stand did look after him and think, this boy, we would have gone up without this boy, and he's a good lad, a good player, but maybe a decent player, we get him in and be in the squad. So whether that stand did look after him, it wouldn't have surprised me if the stand was like very long to people. And he came in, he probably had to get three or four years, Craig. So, and uh, yeah, like I said, lovely. So he, he was a lovely lad and, and helped us. That, that, again, that link with Wrexham, he helped us go up. Yeah, I think his time at Burnley was, he was down to the top in there, then he changed manager not too long after. Yeah, he was for three years. And, and yeah. the, the thing was, well, we had a right back called Dean Weston, who was never really injured. He, he just, yeah, played for, for years. So he, he never really held down that, that spot. He was always a bit of a. Uh, squad player, but again, it goes back to a good professional. Maybe could play centre back as well, so he was a bit versatile. So yeah, probably wasn't that every every time starter, but you know we'll be thanking anyway, don't we? Because that, that goal, and that again, we talk about how how, how different your career could be, clubs' histories could be, if all these things that come, come into play, and and so that was one that definitely helped me in my career. Your time at Wrexham was mainly spent coming up as cool, coming on as an impact sub. It was only looking into it. You only started six games. You see, yeah, lots to think about what six games. Are. Exactly. <laughs> 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 I was at Wrexham and I was at three, man. Six. I mean, both, didn't I? No, yeah. Could be that. I'm thinking that the one that wasn't my game was the Fleetwood game. 
And I had a pay for ages, I hadn't started for ages, and was said, no, we had a few interviews. So I started that Fleetwood, and full of confidence, you have to say, if you ever watched that game, it was a really good game, the level, that, that game, that no disrespect, you're watching that game today, you're looking at two different teams, you think the level's two or three leagues above, and the Fleetwood looked, they were they went on to prove it, um, no doubt we would have gone on to prove it as well. On the night, we were better, should have won, there was a sending off with Vardy, it should have been sent off. It was a scandalous challenge halfway, I never got sent off. Then they scored, and then about five minutes later, Joe Clark got sent off, and we still could have won. I remember Kingsley getting the bar later on to, to win it. And then, so yeah, those two teams, we were two, 104 points, 98 points, two great teams, and so that was probably my best game. I'm, uh, I'm looking back at coming on the sub, there were quite a few games where I come in and changed it. Maybe people would look at Mansell. I think when Mansell had been on that long and beat run on the top of the league, they came to it. So I said, it was one all, wasn't it? And, and then I came on and sat for someone. Had a little dribble and I went through, it took it off me, he didn't give me a back and scored. I can't remember who it was. Nah. <laughs> oh, the guy was here, was it? You can see the elbow sticking up already. Yeah, but, yeah so yeah, that came as well. And, and that was a good game, yeah, beat the, beat the champions. So that was another standout, that was the one coming off the bench. I mean, as fans, we have our answers for this, but why do you think that so many clubs, like Love, Land, Love, take me as this cult hero? From oh, your perspective, well, because I was a fucking good player. Even I go back when I was a young kid, Glenn Torman, I went there and a great club that because when, when I like Dan, I've told this before, people don't realise that when I signed, they were called Torn. And become a crowd player. I don't know the way I played, I suppose it was different to watch a six foot three gangly winner who looked like he was wearing the ice skates. So to, to do what to play the way I played, so that made that as well, yeah, entertaining. Yeah. And then oh, like I said, luckily you go from Burnley and I'm thinking I've never gonna to top that Burnley. Yeah, the, the succession there, how can how can you do any better? You go to Reading and then the second season, you win the championship, 106 points, record still bad today. And then, so you've had that success, because a lot of people, they have a great club, don't they? They do well, and they go somewhere else, and you think, well, to England, you can't seem to, to do it elsewhere. So, yeah, luckily, and, and then that, that Reading team, we had them went up into the Premier League, did well. And unfortunately, the, again, you go back, you look at what, what happens, you know, and, what you could have changed out of the Achilles injury while I was out for a year, came that really bad time, and the best football of my career. And then after that, I was never really the same for two. If I'd have been sort of 24, 25, the Achilles, you were right to come out. I've never had any problems really since, so it's been fine. But it's just getting the legs going again. I could never get back to, to playing the way. And then that's why, because people, people laugh when they say I was a loyal person. And they look at the club, you know, yeah. and they um, they went through my club today and they said, 15, they, 15, they, when, when they called up in the Bamford, and they said, we've got Glenn Hill here, and I went to get up, and he was reading off the clubs, and I'm still sat there 20 minutes later, and they really <laughs> went out for the half again. 
So he reeled off all the clubs and went, like, oh, here we go, here we go, yeah. So it does seem as though it's only at the end of my career because you want to keep playing. And, and then it, it went probably about three or four years I was playing and getting work slightly, just going places and sub in. And then I did feel with um, Rex, and that would have been great to finish with a promotion. And if we had, if we had done it, what better? You win the FA Trophy at Wembley. I've never played at Wembley in 20 years, or really, nearly 20 years, and then you get it twice in six weeks. Uh, the, the problem was we won the wrong, the, the wrong one, didn't we? And although at the time when we were in the whole dodge after the game, and Quite and Keatsy were pushing me to my room in Keatsy's famous pram. At the time, it seemed like we had one of the so We had a great time, but then six weeks later, the new one was the one that we would have loved to have won. Any, you talk about like the, the whole larger being pushed around the crown, the baby's crown. Yeah. Any other, what, yeah. away from the house, any other kind of nights out you can remember that, or that's suitable to tell people about, or a favourite drinking hole in Wrexham? No, well, we used to go, yeah, there was a place central we used to go. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, South Central, then onto Central. I don't know where they're going now, are they? But, no, we had a few. Like, yeah, they, they you always used to end up back to the house. And like, yeah, you go like, back to the house and you, you wake up in the morning and then you go downstairs. What are you doing? People, you've got random people who used to just turn up, turn up at the house and come through the door. It's never locked. It was like, yeah, who's knocking the door? Yeah, somebody will lock the door, you lock the door, and then they never get locked. So you get people turning up trying to get past that at the house. And, uh, yeah, yeah, there was a yeah, few nights where yeah, it was a bit, bit lively, get the music going, and she come back, like, get the music going, a few favourite songs, and, and we were out, but yeah, every great time, yeah, yeah. every time, like I said, but all the people you back in town, and you, you can imagine, even, even in the conference, the people were actually treated great. I remember getting a wrapped up by the Fowler one like many, many years ago. Yeah, uh, well, the, the one thing Dino said to me about Lee Fowler, he said, look, Glenn, because that's why I thought I was going to go in the hotel again. But, yeah, I don't know why they didn't let me back in the hotel. But yeah, he, said, he, said, he said, you've got this Lee Fowler, and I can always remember him saying, he said, if we keep him sober for nine months, we'll, 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 we'll win promotion. And, yeah, it was, it was nine, but it was more days, I think, in the months. <laughs> so that was it. So, yeah. Yeah, fouls, yeah, you like, like the night out. But it, yeah, it was just a shame it didn't come to end with fouls. But I loved him to say, and I think back, he just, he actually did go up, didn't he? So, in some ways, you could say he made the right decision, but I think long term, just the stability of the club, Rexham, I think it would have been better, wouldn't it? Now, I know I'm forgetting about this, he came back, didn't he? Yeah, and now I don't remember. Why did it work out? I don't know. Yeah, love to it. It's just, I thought it came back. Yeah, I thought it came back to make up. Yeah, they got dropped and just yeah. faded away. Then. Yeah, again, yeah. Uh, that first time, he was playing. He did probably say he got himself fit. We had a, we had a um, fitness coach called Mal, who now put you through it. He was down at the gym now. And, he, and he, he was one of them. He told us to do it. And he'd be doing it with us. So if you did have fish, I'm going to give it. He said, OK, yeah. And then we saw that side and he could be bragging it, but no, Mal, he couldn't get like He really worked hard with Fouts, got him fit, and he was playing great, wasn't he? The talent he had, scored some great goals, and it's just, yeah, again, he just can't, 
Probably a bad analogy, but yeah, I won't look at that. But that's what he used to say. You talk about how he wasn't the best at housemates in terms of the dishes. Who was the best of the lads he lived with in the house that was, you know, kept things clean and tidy or all to their best? Yeah, all good in fairness. I think me and Dad did the dinners. So we, and since had we were just sort of going through who had the specialist dish. And yeah, but, you know, he did this chicken since this, yeah, this little old chicken and then cooking for an hour. That, that, was, a, that was a really nice one. So, yeah, he uh, used to do this Polish sauce, he used to have this red sauce that goes some of the dinner. So, yeah, in fairness, when you were thrown in there, you, sometimes you think there might be a few clashes and, and situations with that because that you might not be everyone, we all get age groups as well. But you have to say that everyone got great and there's never any trouble. I like how someone threatening to set you on fire was an issue. But no, like I said, but after a couple of days, fate was gone. So once fate had gone, yeah, it was fine. And the people were coming and going every, every now and then. Just yeah, the lodgers moved on to stage on one night, people like Chris West were wild, big quietly sometimes, they had a box around the front. But no, yeah. you know, considering it's again, all in it together, never, never, ever had any problems. Is there a favourite game that you played for us? We were talking before uh, about how today you love to play in front of the back, uh, that sort of crowd environment, and there was a looping game that came up in the playoffs, the second leg. Is that your favourite Wrexham game, you think? Uh, that, well, it's strange, isn't it? Because we actually won it, and in all my time in the playoffs, I've got a shocking record. I, I never won, I lost every time in the playoffs, and it was only Newport that I actually got to the final Wembley. I had chances, a couple of chances, when it was at the Millennium Stadium, never got there, and then another time at Reading, at uh, uh, New Wembley, lost in, ironically enough, lost to Burnley in the playoffs and, and never got there. So coming to Wrexham again, I'm thinking, here we go, this might be different. We lost at Luton that night, terrible first half, that really killed us, and we, we come back here, and that was the first time, yeah, the race course was really rocking, it was in the bank holiday, and for 20 minutes we battled it. Big quiet and give that penalty away. It was a mountain to climb. Nearly climbed it. We won, but we, we lost. So, yeah, that, that York in the final would have been. We didn't get a final fantasy, that's against anyone. It was just that Luton, yeah, that Luton game. And, and then Kidderminster, the, the next season, we actually got through the Kidderminster. We've done that. Finally, I actually made a final. And then that, that Luton was a bad game, but uh, you look like. Yeah, just if only we had the other one. But uh, I, I probably I, I carried on after Wrexham, helping friends in non league, still playing at the big helping, helping teams. I, I had a bad back really towards the end of the season. The 3G service down at the track ground wasn't great, and I tweaked my back. And so I was popping the pinkies, those groovings, like those smarties. To try and get me through it because I don't, I've missed other previous um, playoffs as well. We've been injured, I missed the first, they come back the second, and obviously I've just said we went out. But there's no way I'm missing this. There's two games against Kieran, so I need to be, to get through it. We go to Wembley, and, and so I had the problem with my back. I would have, I would have definitely finished. I'd have probably had to stay as well because I think I was, I was helping Joe and Jones 
like Dublin Joey, uh, I was all right. Uh, yeah, I was helping Joey through the reserves as well, so I would have probably done that and stayed, and I could have been happy to retire and won it when they got Wrexham go up and then not gone into the coaching side of things. And I think that we, uh, again, Wrexham, we would, we would have had anything to fear, think, so we would have done all right. And, and then, yeah, if we'd have got Moz, who knows what that, who knows when it comes to be now. And, I love the idea of a good cop, bad cop, and you and Johnny Jones. It yeah. seems like a yeah. brilliant combination. Oh, yeah, we used to go on great with Joey. So, yeah, that got me into it really. It started off and helping Joey. And I could still play the reserves, help the youngsters. And yeah, there was a few there was a few good times, but it never really came through. And I suppose looking, looking at Wrexham, that, that, that's one thing that you look at. But it would have been good to get a, a few of them. Through. Some talented ones, the Jay Colbeck one I liked. I thought we had a night for goal, but again, never, never did it. And I suppose since I've left, uh, was it Bradley Reed, was it? Yeah. But Bradley Reed, uh, I'm not sure what he's doing now. He came in, had a, had a bit of a go. And is it Davis today? I said, I noticed that Jordan Davis, I've heard his name mentioned a bit. Um, what I like the best games today, but I think that's the same for everyone, isn't it? So, yeah, I'm sure that get the club going. Try and get the youngsters as well, and, and if they do stick with it, these the Hollywood boys, I think it would be great. They seem to enjoy it, don't they? And I've got a great reception today. Not sure what they thought of the game. I, I said to the boys, Do you reckon they were sat there thinking, This is brilliant, this is end to end, and everyone's having a go? And where people around me were saying, Claire, look, that not before we get them, I know we got them. So, yeah, if they stick with it, they can really. Pushed the club on, couldn't they? And the crowds there again, just like I walked out, and that, that does take you back. You're looking at that crowd, you can't hold up with it. Like our team out there battering edge sleeps and brain trees four or five mil. We'd have had a field day, wouldn't we? But yeah, hopefully now they'll get it going. My confidence, having watched today, a bit worried that this season, but I'd like to think just sooner or later you'll get it right. It's not a great game to ask this question about, but was there anyone today that did stuff out to you that looked like a football type player? Honestly, no, no, no. no one player did stand out. I thought, who's this little in midfield disgracing the name? <laughs> Especially with the first name Armani. <laughs> so no, I said that to Dan. I said, who's this little that I keep seeing? And he said, yeah. He said, Glenn, he tries to play like you, but yeah. Um, no, I thought um, in midfield is for the confidence, I suppose. You've got the big person in midfield, and if score is here, he's got the long throw. If, if someone, if, if he was in there, we'd say a foul on the Javis, you'd be cracked out, there'd be a free midfield, they could do the ball work, and he's just destroying force in there. But no, you have to say, and, and what's worrying, there was a few people in, that said to me after the game, that's just better than what they've been in previous home games, so I think oh, they must have been bad. But now again, I haven't watched two matches of the conference, so I don't know, it's hard for me to judge, but at most teams like this, I know talking at mid-table, I, I wouldn't know is it Red Two teams, is everyone a bit of a match of a match, and it's all back in the scrap and fighting for the win and it's whoever whoever gets the goals at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but everyone if you have seen more than me, so I'm just judging judging the one game, but I suppose there's a lot of teams doing it, and it's just, if the, 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 the good thing is, 
I haven't been the manager, I've been on there, you can coach. The one thing you need, every manager will tell you, you need a centre forward. Otherwise, that, that's it, you never get anywhere if you haven't got a centre forward. I mentioned I've got that money, and it's not today, so I haven't seen him, but by all accounts, you'd like to think he's, he's going to get the 25 goals at least. He, he could be a Jamie Barley, could he, in, in the conference, because he's gone out, he's scored goals out, I remember his name coming up for Cambridge. Teamed every week, and then so if you've got him now, you build it around, let him get goals to the supply line, and shall we go? I think Cambridge even made the stand after him, and then well, they left, and he left. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah, was it a money? I don't know. Can't be the money talking, but it's nice that Wrexham, because when I was here, there was a lot of frustration. I know we went for players. And we could get them because we never had the money. So yeah, again, the shoes on the other foot now. Be Wrexham. People get saying to me, they need two midfielders. They need a centre forward. They need a winger. They need a centre back. They need two fullbacks. So <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> you don't need a lot then, do you? But the, the good thing now, you got the money before you can't get it. Now you can. Yeah, we've had years of not even being able to buy players, but we struggled to keep players. Yeah, yeah, pay, so. Again, people would leave, but if you can't give them the, the contracts, then that, that's the trouble. You're, you're going to have problems. And we lost the players in my first set of coats. I made um, Matt Percival, we have Pogba, Spady. So, yeah, now if someone does well, and, and if you can't afford that, that's succession from Keepo. And that's it, get, get money in. Scoring the goals, work around it, and in January, again, they might be like, if they don't, but if they don't, they could be a few more players coming. The Glen Little Chomp, where did this come from? Like, Beach was talking about before, and, and Neil Ashton talked about when he did one of these, that it's a move that they know what you're going to do, they know when you're going to do it, but they just can't stop it. Like, where did this Glen Little Chomp come from? Well, it's just something that comes, you come naturally, you grow up, you do it, and yeah, the, the amount of times I was on a pitch and I, I, I was running down the wing and if you need people, shout the ball back, watch that shot, watch it, you still do it. But I, I can remember Chris Wadworth Burnley, he said to me, if you can do something good, yeah, it doesn't matter. And, and that's the way it is, it? just look at, there's loads of players, isn't there? Uh, I'm thinking, how many times do you hear, are you blocking, cut inside, people I said, don't let him cut inside, but he's been doing it for five minutes, for Chelsea, for Madrid, for Holland, that's what he does. It's, it's easy to be sat in a studio, and after the game, he's gone, so you can't let him inside, not easy to, to stop, is it? So yeah, if you, even if you only need that one trick, and you can do it well, I've done it 20 years in last and still, still done. But even at Wilmstone, they said, they, they, when I went to Wilmstone, the first thing they were saying, and I was a job, thinking that these youngsters, they, I mean, after I left Wrexham, I went to Wilmstone, and I think they even know you, to cut me the oldest And just, yeah, there was this old man turning up, just, he looked a bit stiff in, in pre-season, and, and then after a couple of weeks, I was like, hey, minute, who's this? And, yeah, but, but when I started telling them what to do, they said, who's this? And I said, Oh, yeah, but it was all right for Sol Campbell and Ken Johnson and Peter Crouch when I was speaking to them, they do it. What? And then, but yeah, it's just that, that was great, it was linked to, to that Wilmstone. Actually, uh, the first thing the manager said at training, then I, was, I wasn't going to sign that, probably not back. And my brother was one of the directors, and he said, No, come on, it'd be great. He, he saw that I'd left Wrexham, he said, Get him in. And see what, and, I, and the first day after the training session, I speak to the manager. He said, "What do you think?" I said, "No, look, see how it goes." And he said, well, "I need your experience for the playoffs." 
He said, we can't, we can't be out of players. We've lost two years in a row. I went, oh, playoffs? Um, have you seen my record? I'm playing six. Okay, Andy, prediction time. Well, I was the only one who reckoned we'd beat Halifax away. So a good two points for me. No one else went for that. You all went for a draws and Liam went for a defeat. Um, I wasn't as... I didn't think we'd win two in a row. I went for a draw against Bromley. Um, Tim went for a win and a certain Mr. Reese Williams went for a 2-0 win. So five points there. Come on. I, in fact, Andy, I wouldn't mind listening back to last week's podcast because I got a little feeling that you said, you idiot, to me after I finished <laughs> that. I recall that uh-huh. one, so... <laughs> I, I, that doesn't sound like anything I would I would say or do. All right, OK, fair enough. Andy almost got it spot on, because especially the Halifax game, because he went, I'm going to go for a 2-3-1 win. So he went from 2-1 to a 3-1 win. So, yeah, he kind of diddled himself slightly there. You idiot. <laughs> right, so I'm still last for 13 points, but I'm getting closer to, to, to Liam Randall, who's only got 15 oh. points. Reese, you've jumped to 20 points and Tim's got 21. I'm reeling that Randall in. Right, two games coming up. We have Yeovil on Tuesday and we've got Dover on Saturday. So I'm going to go first and I think we're going to beat Yeovil 2-1. And I think just due to the fact that we've played so many games, it's a long trip and we can afford to have a a draw. I'm going to go for a one-all draw down at Dover. Reese, do you want to go next? You know what? I'm going to do the exact reverse. Maybe I'm hedging my bets a bit here, but I'm going to go for a one-all draw against the Oval on Tuesday. Uh, and by all accounts, Dover, just really poor again this season. So I'm going to go with a 3-1 victory down on the South Coast. Wow, you idiot. Um, Tim, do you want to be an idiot? I'm going to go for two, two nils to the Reds. Wow. Plucky. Well, and Liam, we, 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 we just look hard to beat now, so I can't see anybody get past it. And I, I still we're starting to click up front. So yeah. Uh, Liam's already told me his his scores. He's gone for a nine-one victory for Yeovil on the Tuesday and twelve <laughs> fourteen for Dover. Um so yeah, well, we'll put those in. Liam, don't worry. No, no. I'm going full full flip reverse and I'm gonna go. 3-1 win against Yeovil. I think we're finally going to score a few goals at home. Um, and a 1-0 away win at Dover. Mr. Optimist Ooh. now. Nice. Gosh, how the tables have turned. You know, we should go back to that podcast. I'm sure there was, a, there was a voice of reason on that podcast saying that we would come good before January and then push on. Don't remember. You know, was, there, was, there, was there someone telling everyone to calm down and relax? I'm sure there was. Nah. No. Okay, fine. Uh, shall we talk about though briefly because we didn't get a chance to touch on at the top Tyler French back in the side and by all accounts played really well yep (laughs) anything to add (laughs) Tim any thoughts on Tyler French (laughs) Uh, I I thought Liam was going to chime in heavily then No, he he played really really well didn't look like he'd even been out the side just brings a lot of energy a lot lot of dynamism um, down that flank so yeah Really good. I can't imagine that he's going to lose his place after that performance. Same with Bryce Hosanna, really, really bright, full of running. And we just had him on the rack. Like when you attack with a bit of purpose, that's what people want to see. It's, it's you know, it, we, we've kind of not really let 
let the handbrake off, but we did a bit on uh, on Saturday. So, so yeah, long may it continue. I will actually chip in now on uh, Tyler French, who I thought was pro- arguably the man of the match. Um, Aaron Hayden sometimes scares me when he starts pairing out with a ball at his feet. I'm just always terrified of what's going to happen next, whereas Tyler French, just find him quite composed on the ball, got a bit of pace, and he was helping out down the flanks as well. So I think I do think there's a strong argument for keeping him in the team as well. Lovely handsome boy as well. There you go. <laughs> One of the many blondes in the team. Everyone was nodding sagely along with that anyway. So um, anyway, very exciting week ahead. Hopefully six more points, which would put us in a very strong position. But there'll be no need to panic if we don't get six points because we're still in a strong position. Got a couple of guests lined up for the next few weeks, which we're looking forward to bring to you. Um, but until that time, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can get in touch in the usual ways and we'll see you next week. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. See you. Bye.